0: This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jonathan All. Saturday is Independent Bookstore Day, and a number of bookstores in our region are going all out for it. Joining me in studio to talk about it are Holland Saltzman, the owner of Novel Neighbor in Webster Grove. Holland, thanks for being here. Thanks. And Kelly Von Plonsky, owner of Subterranean Books in University City. Kelly, thank you. Thank you. And joining us by phone from my home base of Rolla, Renee Woodley, (laughs) manager of Rolla Books and Toys. Renee, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. So um, independent bookstores, it, I, I love the pluck and how well, you, the, because I think that, that, that y'all had been buried at least 15 times in the last 20 years saying that you were gone, but the, the independent bookstore continues to thrive and, and do so well. Why? What, what, what is, how, how do you keep beating what all of the experts say that you can't do?
1: Well, I think it's a combination of things. Um, I think the most recent statistic was that we have uh, national independent bookstores are on the increase about 35% um, in the last 10 years. They're growing each year. And I think that people are looking for a place to come together and, you know, whether it's to talk one-on-one or to meet someone there and to have personal service um, that you can't get online. You can come talk to somebody about some of your favorite books. You can talk about what's going on in the world. You can bring your kids in. Um, There's just a variety of reasons to now more than ever have a place to come together.
2: Well, we're also all very different. So, you know, each, each store is probably very reflective of its own community. So there's that variation. It's not you walk into one, you know what you're going to see because it's just like all the others. You never know what you're going to find when you walk into an indie.
0: Renee.
3: Right, and we're all members of our community and our neighborhood, so it it, it harkens to that. You see people in your neighbors that you see other places in town, and it's a you know, place to gather with people and support each other. And a lot you know a lot of our customers are willing to support that local aspect and help. Um, the local families and we reach out to our community and kind of uh, help each other out. As
1: Kelly just mentioned that each one of us is really different. I think literary tourism is also a new big thing on the rise is that people will go um, to cities specifically and plot out bookstores that they're going to visit or that I know when I'm on vacation much to my children's chagrin I always (laughs) stop in the area local independent bookstore just to see what they're like and see what they're different and um, see what that community is all about.
0: Um, so, Holland, your store, The Novel Neighbor, uh, you played a key role in plans for celebrating Independent Bookstore Day locally. What's different this year? What can people expect?
1: So what's uh, a new thing for some of us here in town is we've got a passport. And so at any of, um, at six bookstores in town, which is uh, um, both Kelly and R's bookstore, as well as I See Me Books, uh, the Bookhouse, house in Left Bank Books, and then Main Street and St. Charles, you can pick up a passport at any one of those places, and you need to visit all of those bookstores in one day, and you'll get a stamp. And then that booklet can be used for a future 20% off purchase at each of our bookstores one time through October. So uh, we have a lot of people who try to hit us anyway on lots of different bookstores on Saturday. So that's something new that we're doing as a group here in St. Louis. But um, what we're typically doing, we do blind date with a book, which is uh, they get to come in and we've got books that are wrapped that you can't see what it is. And we have like a couple of titles that they'll get free with any purchase. We do cocktails in the afternoons. Uh, We've got a blackout poetry Um, kind of for some teens and some special story time.
0: Uh, In in doing the research for this, uh, on the Independent Bookstore uh, Day website, uh, we found this. In a world of tweets and algorithms and pageless digital downloads, bookstores are not a dying anachronism. They're a living, breathing organism that continues to grow and expand. In fact, there are more of them this year than there were last year. Um, Kelly, does that line up with your sense of where the industry is and what you're going for at your store?
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, our, each year is better than the, than the year before. This past year was our, our best uh, for the 20 years we've been open. So um, definitely. And we just, we just had a staff meeting this morning about how um, excited we are about the 20th anniversary and what, you know, what interesting new things that we have planned or are trying to put into place. So it's that sort of um, that living, breathing aspect for sure. You know, each each of the indie stores, not only are we different from each other, but we are always changing ourselves and, and experimenting.
0: And speaking of the, the stores being different than each other, now, Renee, uh, Rolla Books and Toys, you have a lot of things for children, a lot of the educational toys that you have there. Can you give us a sense of what sorts of things a child uh, in the greater Rolla area who walks into the store will see and what they'll experience?
3: We try to have a variety of things for the children. And... We'll have craft days once a month where the children can come and make various kind of themed ideas. Um, but we try to keep educational and different toys that you may not find uh, anywhere else. We're kind of known in town for being able to come and grab a unique birthday party gift on the way to the party and get it wrapped free and have it something that will be unique and specific for that child that they may not be able to get somewhere else. But we also really like to try to find the books that are right for that child at that level, where they are and they're learning to read and to spark their interest so that we can have lifelong readers and set them with a good foundation for their learning uh, as they grow.
0: Um, one of the things that's kind of trendy and popular right now is uh, Marie Kondo, <laughs> and uh, talking about uh, uh, cleaning up and uh, 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 making, don't have anything that doesn't give you joy. And she's become uh, famous slash notorious for saying that you only really need 30 books or just true you know that that's really all you need so I'm curious uh uh, how on, on a on a scale from one to outrageous how crazy is that statement from your points of view
1: I think it's probably person specific, you know, but I, I moved about five or six years ago and I did, and this was before I had opened the bookstore and I had sort of a realization with myself that I, you know, I didn't ask it and hold each one and see if it sparked joy, but I did sort of want to say, okay, if this is going to move with us, these are some heavy books which ones are truly meaningful which ones do I want to hold on which ones do I think my kids will care about and you know I did purge quite a few so but 30 I think is um, that would be really hard for me
2: yeah there's no way <laughs> I mean I don't I don't want to live in that world you know I like to walk into a room and it's filled with books on the shelves. You know, in that aspiration, right? So most of us have so many books sitting there because we aspire to get to them. We really want to and we fully intend to.
0: Or read them again if you've already read right,
2: them. Right, sure, sure. And we're going to buy another one the next day because we really want to get to that one too. And that's that wonderful, you know, and not only that, but you never know what you got what you're going to want to be in the mood for right? So you need to have a huge range of options available for what are you feeling at that moment? I think most of us have
3: determined that more books spark joy for us. Yes. Not just the maybe it's 30 books per shelf. But (laughs)
0: You know, in the process of moving to Rolla, we're going through uh, everything in our, uh, our our collection. And I couldn't get my daughter down to 30 Jack and Annie books, much less <laughs> 30 books total. She, would, she wouldn't even go down to 30 Jack and, and Annie that's books. that's good. That's very good. I think that's very good. Uh, I'd like to invite our listeners to get in on the conversation and maybe even get a great book recommendation. If you're looking for your next great read, tweet us at STL on air or email us at talk at STLpublicRadio.org with your name, one of your all time favorite books, one of your least favorite books. Maybe some genres you like. We'll see what our experts will recommend, and let's. Because this is this is the part I've been looking forward to the most in this show. So Jennifer, one of our listeners, sent us an email saying that she'd love a recommendation for a new book. Two of her favorites are *The Sun Also Rises* by Ernest Hemingway and *At the Water's Edge* by Sarah Gruen. Uh, two books she didn't enjoy so much were *Talent* by Juliet Lapidos and *The First Bad Man* by Miranda July. So, with that limited information, suggest a great book for her. <laughs>
1: uh, when I first um, had seen or we would talked about this, I, Kate Quinn, who just recently wrote The Huntress, is one of my current favorites. It came out in paperback um, maybe a month ago, and it's about Nazi hunters. And it's three people that have come together to track uh, what they consider um, a woman who is one of the most dangerous women um, – who had killed many, many people during the Holocaust and post, and they track her to the United States. And it's just, it's full of intrigue. It's almost a movie in the making, but it's so historically accurate. Um, Kate Quinn does incredible um, research when she does, and so... At least fifty to sixty percent of this is all very much accurate into, and then she's taken some liberties, but there's some night witches of women out of Russia who were some of the best combat combat flying, um, as well as a couple who were uh, for years um, tracking um, Nazi
0: hunters all over the world. Kelly or Renee, do you have a suggestion?
1: Um,
2: maybe Jessica Shattuck, Women in the Castle. It's end of World War II, a crumbling Bavarian castle. These three women's lives and their fates become intertwined. So that kind of character-driven historical fiction, that's usually pretty fun.
0: Renee?
3: I'm not sure that I have a better suggestion at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no
0: problem. All right, let's go to another one. Kayla, who's a local artist who actually was on the show last week, better known as K.V. the Writer, says her favorite book is Who Fears Death?, by Nyendi Okafor, I believe. And then she adds she can't remember the book she hasn't enjoyed because she tends to quit reading them if they don't grab her attention. Uh, Any one of you have a recommendation for Kayla?
1: My current favorite sort of along the genre that she is interested in with Who Fears Death is called Black Leopard, Red Wolf. Um, It's the beginning book in a new trilogy, a Dark Star trilogy by Marlon James. And it's been described as an African Game of Thrones. Mm. People have compared it to Tolkien. It is one of the biggest tomes that is out there right now. So it is a big book. I think it weighs in over 700 pages. Um, But there's creatures that I've never heard. There's kingdoms. There's all this sort of fantasy that takes place in the sub-Sahara area. And it's just almost indescribable.
2: I wonder if she might like the works of Sarah Perry. So she wrote The Essex Serpent, which has been huge. (laughs) And her most recent is Melmoth. It's set in Prague. It's mysterious and dark. It's a fleshing out of the folktale of Melmoth. So it's, uh, you know, unspeakable inner demons that follow us through life. That's kind of mysterious darkness.
0: Renee?
3: I, I will admit I am honestly more on the kids' section at the moment.
0: Well, okay, well then, actually, <laughs> yeah. I was going to bring that up. So what's 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 a kids' book that you have really been into or you see that a lot of people are picking up right now?
3: Um, a lot of our kids are enjoying, and of course we have our Jack and Annie and our, our Magic Treehouse kids, um, but we're kind of looking forward to some of the new ones that are coming out. Uh, actually, a lot of our kids do the, the sorry the Missouri Association of School Librarians, they have a selection each year, and the kids kind of get to pick different ones. So we've just got the new sets of those out, and we're kind of excited to have the kids kind of plow down that path. But we've had several that kind of picked up from there. I think was one of the last ones that we were reading that was kind of intriguing.
0: Okay, I'll do personal privilege. My daughter's 11 and a voracious reader. Uh, what, what, what should I pick up for her?
3: 11 and voracious. What has she read that she likes?
0: Well, um, uh, she read Wonder. I know that was one of her favorites that uh, that she read not too long ago. Um, Lines of Little Rock was another one that I know that she really enjoyed. I don't know if those help.
1: Mm. Allie Benjamin. Um, we actually had her at the store last night, and she wrote um, – The book about, I'm going to forget the title, Melissa's going to kill me, that has jellyfish in the title. And she's got a new one that for Mm -hmm. anybody who really likes. The Truth About Jellyfish? The Truth About Jellyfish. And then she's got another one um, that I think for, we were sort of talking with the event last night that if you've liked Wonder, you should really pick up Allie Benjamin. So if you've got, if it's sort of that more serious, current, contemporary, um, it's just,
0: it's phenomenal. Renee, uh, when, when, since you do so much with kids, I'm wondering, does, do, do you find that, when their parents are in there, too, that the parents pick up a book that maybe they they may go in looking for something for their kids but then end up shopping for themselves as well?
3: A bit, yes. <laughs> so, you know, and we've got kind of the areas where we can kind of browse each thing. Um, sometimes the kids have kind of one interest or they've seen something their friends have read and the parents have remembered something that's a favorite of theirs, and it's always fun to try to find that balance of something to spark a child's new interest as well as, you know, keep up with what everybody else is reading.
0: Okay, let's go to another one. Uh, Jen, a listener in Soulard, loves Fifty Shades of Grey and Anything by Harlan Coben. She dislikes Shakespeare. Her favorite genres are thriller, mysteries, and romance. Any recommendations for her?
1: Well, uh, she likes Fifty Shades. E.L. James did just come out with a new book this past week called The Mister. So uh, we know we've had a couple of customers in looking for that. But along that romance, um, there was one that came out last year by Jasmine Gilroy, and there's going to be a sequel this summer called The Wedding Date that was a lot of fun. Um, So kind of based on those two things, um, I'd recommend picking up either one of those.
2: There's um, Normal People by Sally Rooney. It's, uh, she's an Irish author and described as a truly millennial author. It's a young woman and a young man from the same Irish town. She's from the wrong side of the tracks. He's the popular jock. Um, they know each other in high school, and then they meet up again in college and fall in love. So I think that um, that's very current and very, it's lots of press right now.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that someone from another country, because I think that a lot of readers in the United States only read things by American authors, um, or if they do venture away from it, it's someone who writes in English. Um, what role do independent bookstores have in, in diversifying our understanding of literature and maybe reading things from different cultures or maybe even things that weren't originally written in English but translate well and, and, and lead to a better understanding?
2: I, <clears throat> excuse me. I think that has a lot to do with the staff and what they like, right? So one of the benefits of coming to an indie is the passion of the staff. You know, they've read something, they love it, then that they just exude that excitement to anyone who comes in. And especially if you have folks um coworkers who are really into literature and translation then, you know, they can convey the beauty and the wonder and the exhilaration of reading this particular title and and people take it home. But I also think that there has been a huge shift in the publishing industry where there is so much more that's being published in translation and that the, the readership has really grown.
1: I agree. We're doing um, for our book club for May, just the store book club, which is free and open to anyone if they're looking for a book club. Um, It's called Washington Black by Essie Adijon, And um, we try to at least every fourth book do either a book in translation or definitely an author that is not from the United States. Um, And it's just opened, you know, a lot of our customers who might have been stuck in a certain genre who'd never thought about it, a whole new area that they're interested in.
0: R- Renee, I'm uh, I'm curious about uh, super localism because I know that your bookstore, like many others, will has like a very very local section where you actually have books about Rala or the Ozarks or Missouri. How much of that is part of what you're going for with your business?
3: We. Do like to connect with that? It's something that you can't always get anywhere else. Um, Being with the university here in town, we will have a variety of people. So sometimes they're trying to learn more about where they've come to, or they want to take something back to their home country and show people where they were. Um, But even those of us who've grown up here in the Midwest, it's it's always fun to find something new to explore, and we can kind of catch on to those things that speak to our our local connections, whether it's. Story set in a particular place, or where's the best place to go hike around here? And down here in the Ozarks, we have lots of those, or even where to take a good day trip when you go off to St. Louis.
0: So. Um, my, my kids are 15 and 11, and so they grew up in the smack dab in Harry Potter world, um, and they would be upset if I didn't ask a question about Harry Potter. What, are we still seeing the impact of, of that, of, of people, of kids really getting hooked on reading by going through the Harry Potter series?
2: Well, I have to say that one of the things that we're having for Independent Bookstore Day is our <clears throat> all of our staff are dressing up as literary characters, <laughs> and one of them may be dressing up as Harry Potter. So he's they are relevant. They are, yes, they continually change the
1: covers and They've got an illustrated edition that's coming out every October. They did three, and then there's another one coming out this October. Um, we do book-themed birthday parties at the Novel Neighbor, and overwhelmingly Harry Potter is one of our most requested, and then we've got some summer camps as well. And so I think it's parents introducing it to kids, kids finding it on their own, but, yeah, we it's the gift that keeps on giving Harry Potter.
0: <laughs> Renee?
3: Agree. I don't think Harry has really slowed up completely here, and... It still caught all those kids originally who grew up in Harry Potter and have now loved to read. We number of times before people go, you know, I couldn't get my child to read anything and now they found a genre that they hadn't gotten into before or the imagination of the characters and, and it's captured them in a way that nothing else had and has started them down a path. And so it's it's kind of wonderful when we see those kids kind of come in still or now they're grown and bringing kids in and... And touching base that way.
0: We have less than a minute left, but I'm going to be selfish. I want a book recommendation. One of my favorites is Assassination Vacation by Sarah Vowell. Um, My least favorite book of all time is Lord of the Flies by William Golding. Uh, What should I read next?
1: I would recommend The Feather Thief, um, and it is one of my favorites from last year by Kirk Wallace Johnson. It's got science, it's got history, there's art, um, there's a heist, and um, he's going to be at the St. Louis County Library on Monday, so if you want to meet him, it, he'll be there.
2: I would say anything by A.J. Jacobs. Um History is a a less important than humor to him, but he he has written something called It's All Relative, where he tries to find the you know, create the biggest family tree and something else called Year of Living Biblically, where he truly follows every rule in the Bible for a year.
0: I read the know it all. Mm -hmm. I do like his stuff. I wanna thank our guests, Holland Saltzman of the Novel Neighbor, Kelly Van Plotsky of Subterranean Books, and Renee Woodley of Rolla Books and Toys for joining me today. Thank you all so much. Thank, Thank you. you and everybody go to your independent bookstore today Saturday and heck every Saturday uh, because you won't be disappointed and uh, it, it, it'll it'll do good things for your community. This is St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.